Hatnell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Some food, cause I wanna eat soon. Just stop, cause I'm really hungry. Welcome everyone to this show, Let's Do Lunch, with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm a registered nutritionist. I'm the author of several cookery books and I'm an absolute foodie. And throughout this show, we will be bringing you a series of guests who are related to the food industry in some way, shape or form. They may be athletes, they may be food photographers, they may be farmers, they may be food producers. And today we have a food producer with us and a very specific food and one that, that I'm really keen to help others uh, understand the benefits of. So welcome uh, Sabine Klaus-Carter. She's the CEO of Calvin's Free From Foods. Now I'll just give you a little bit of background but I know Sabine's going to do a far better job than me um, at conveying how important it was that this product came into existence. So Calvin, Sabine's son, was born as a happy healthy child but at the age of three months he started to get poorly, really poorly. It took a really long time and many consultations with different medical professionals before Calvin was diagnosed with multiple allergies and out of all of this dreadful time Calvin's free from foods was born so the silver lining as Sabine Calvin's mother started to understand which foods were safe for Calvin so she started to understand there was actually a gap in the market she invented her own 14 allergen free yeast free low carb paleo coconut flatbread and when she found out that this bread could also help others she ended up changing her career entirely good morning Sabine that's uh, a <laughs> your introduction Dom how are you today oh I'm very well I'm very blush blush after that introduction thank you well I just think it's wonderful that you know you have although you've been through such a tough time and we'll explore that a little bit further that you've actually come up with something so positive as a result now tell me a little bit about um, Calvin's backstory as his mother I'm sure you've been through the mill a little bit it sounds like you've had the toughest time yes so as you had mentioned Calvin started getting poorly at three months of age and and we went around the block with doctors and when he was about six months old uh we went to see another doctor and because Calvin had not even put on weight for three months wow. and I like was nonstop breastfeeding him. And one of my friends, she had actually said, Sabine, why not cut out dairy? And I had done that. And I think probably Calvin would have been even worse if I would have had uh, dairy. And so I said to the doctor, I cut out dairy. I don't know what it is. No one actually ne- ever said the word allergies to me. And I think if they would have, I would have not understood. Mm. I'm one of these people who comes from a blessed background of n- no real allergy, a bit of hay fever or something, but nothing as dramatic as then Calvin had, as it turned out. So this doctor said, uh, just give him some cow's milk formula if he's not putting on any weight. And Calvin took one sip, full anaphylactic. And uh, we were really, really lucky. My mum was with me and I was holding his airways open. The ambulance came within seven minutes and five medics saved his life. We were in intensive care. And then we were, once we were stable, 
the hospital, and actually, at that, this actually happened in Germany. The hospital then drove us to a specialist because they did not know what was wrong, and he said, "I." He made a three-step plan of exclusion and just what can we do ourselves before we introduce actually medication. Mm. And that was my journey on excluding food, continuing to breastfeed. And it actually turned out that there were still so many other foods he was severely allergic to that I ended up on a TET diet called a total elimination diet. And that was then at the end, coconut, broccoli and chicken. (laughs) Was what you could have. That's what was left, was it? Yes, that was left. So, gosh, you know, we had like, we had the fats, the protein and the fiber in there. And um, and I did that together with a nutritionist. And uh, I lost tremendous amount of weight on that. Um, and I was feeding Calvin a lot. But fortunately, we could do that because he was just still very little. Mm. And through that, we could reduce his symptoms down. You know, he, he looked like he was burned from head to toe. He had such bad eczema. His hair kept on falling off. Um, it was atrocious. And that's why we could not even figure out what is right and what is wrong. So through the TED diet, um, his whole system calmed down. And we had dermatologists who told us, you, your child will never have a bath. And he did. He did have, and he still has baths and he loves baths and his skin is fantastic now. And, uh, and then through me, we could then try foods. Like uh, I had a sip of, of soya and then see what happens and kept a very close food diary between Calvin and myself, but not even just a diary of food. You know, he's, he was still so little. So I also mood, sleep, uh, bowel movements, every, everything went into that. And with that knowledge, we actually could really progress. So you really had to track, log everything, every external sort of um, uh, presentation of his health was logged mm. every behavior I guess in terms of sleep whether he was disrupted sleep all that and so did mm. you end up I mean how long do you mind me asking were you breastfeeding for because it sounds like the breastfeeding was his primary source of nutrition for a period of time because you could control what you were eating yes yeah yeah so so at the beginning he also had then as introductory food like chicken broccoli and mm-hmm. coconut mm-hmm. and <laughs> i think calvin <laughs> surprise surprise uh, he actually smelled of those three foods oh i was, bet um, uh, and he she still likes them Good. um and yeah so i breastfed him till uh, I started stopping when he was three years of age, but it was properly three and a half. He was Mm. very dependent. And there was also like a strong physical, nutritional, and also psychological link to it that sometimes he would have reactions and I would feed him and the reactions would go down. So it, it was it was actually amazing to see what my body could do yeah. uh, for for my son, and it it was a yeah it was for us both psychologically really important um, because I think when an allergic reaction happens with Calvin, he can feel very quickly like the flu just hit him, right, um, or like he can't breathe it is very fast with him and it must be terrifying and it must be scary and being close to your mother and 
getting something that is calming you must mm. be must be amazing in that situation. Yeah, very comforting. Yeah, I can understand that. So how old is Calvin today and, and how is his health? Oh, Calvin is six and a half, uh, incredibly cheeky, and <laughs> he's really well. He's got uh, amazing skin. Um, he can eat pretty well. He is, he's really understanding of his allergies. He has managed to even save his own life on a couple of occasions before he was three years old, because we we brought him up as being empowered about his allergies. When I went to play groups with him, I, I, I used to go in and just sometimes shout into the room and like, I have an allergy child, please don't feed him because people want to be kind and hand a chocolate biscuit to your child, especially the moment you turn around and you try and get something out of your bag. Yeah. And, uh, and I had that so often. And we taught Calvin to do the same. And uh, on a couple of occasions, he like he was one time in, a sort of gymnastics group and they knew all his allergies and they knew him well and he was going there for over a year already and they they knew that they even had to wipe the equipment before and, and they still handed him a pack of cheese crackers and uh, Later, we were explained that, you know, they didn't want him to miss out. It would have definitely not a missing out. But Calvin sat there and waited till he got picked up, holding the packaging because he knew I'm not, he was not recognizing it. And he's just getting what he recognized. And he only gets things from his bag. And he is still the same to this day. So he's very confident and uh and sure of his allergies and he knows what it means eating his own food mm. he's, there is moments where, he's, where he can be sad and goes like oh I would love to have the cake like the other children but he knows that that would be worse than having it of course that's and, and it's it is that being empowered and and actually you know if you can see it as a as a you know it's, it's a strength but it's you who you are as a person I think gosh if you can learn that at six and a half that sets you up for <laughs> life doesn't it I mean in terms yeah. of the foods that he can and can't have where is he at today what sort of foods can he not eat today so uh, we still have like uh, some of the main ones like dairy egg peanuts uh, and quite a few in between but they they are the ones that really would be very severe and like we think actually his worst one is probably eggs. Okay. And uh, but like going into a Starbucks where they full milk, that is already bad enough. So it's it can be also if if children have something on their jumper, like yeah. they had a peanut cracker in the morning and there's some crumbs on, and then all of a sudden Calvin has reactions. So he reacts very fast, um, very easily. Um, but he, again. He, I had yesterday a call from his coach, and because uh, he uh, he just reacted, and um, but Calvin went to the coach and spoke to him and said, I, I think something is wrong. Can we for my mom? And over the phone, I I could hear that his airways are fine, and that's what I again. Calvin is really good at singing, but because when I because he sometimes would hear, even have reactions whilst I'm driving, and I always Calvin speak to me, sing to me. Mm. I could hear my child can still breathe. Brilliant. And that's yeah. uh, so we have our tools of analyzing and not getting scared too much, which is very easy to say, but uh, it, it's very hard to do. I can understand that. So he's got uh, you said he went to his coach. It sounds like he's a fairly active child. So he's doing yeah. multiple different activities. What sort of things does he enjoy doing? 
Oh, he he loves football. He he loves football. Um, he's also a very good climber. We're going climbing tomorrow. That that's something that developed over lockdown because we went just into the forest and just let him climb, and he's incredibly good at it, and 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 just loves it. But yeah, and music is his probably his really big strength. He's very musical. And I love that, you know, he lives a full life and then neither should yeah. he, you know, not live a full life. And I think it's just about making sure that he's aware of what the limitations are in terms of things like eating out. Um, you know, is that a struggle for you? We never eat out. Right. <laughs> so we, we actually cut out the struggle in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um Daddy and I, we now and then go, but probably since Calvin had the allergies, it was maybe a handful that we go out. And it's mainly a salad because Daddy and I, we live the same life as Calvin because I want to come home and be able to give my son a kiss. And I also, through through Calvin's allergies, uh, I learned that I have intolerances Mm -hmm. and um, pretty sure dairy and gluten is not good for me. And... Uh, and I'm not since since I've cut it out. I'm not bloated anymore, and I feel so much better. I was uh, yes, yeah. I was going to ask about that. So I mean, you know, sometimes what can happen with a child with food allergies is that one or both parents are a topic, you know. So they may present with um, allergies to pets or to even medication, or they may have eczema. They have may have asthma. But do either yourself or your husband um, have any uh, allergies that, or did you did you know or that you knew about? Out prior to having uh, Calvin, um, no, not really. Um, no. Uh, so, so yeah, so probably intolerances, but we we had never had the awareness. It mm. was always like you just get on with it, kind of level, and and it was just something you grew up and lived with. But now that I know, yeah. it's yeah. Definitely, definitely it is. A different thing entirely. So um, Mm I I mentioned at the very, before we actually uh, went live, I was just asking you about your accent because I was intrigued. I can (laughs) sense a bit of Scottish, I can sense a bit of German in there. Um, Do tell me a little bit about your own childhood. And it sounds like, you know, the foods that you eat now are obviously different from the foods that you had then. So what are your own childhood food memories? Oh, my own childhood food memories, I would, very positive and I was I was brought up that you recognize what's on the plate and mm-hmm. that you eat that my mum my always said I you know I think what we spend on our food is that what we less spend on the doctor and it is an investment in your body and it's an investment in you growing and building right and you know everything every everything you eat makes you you know it it builds it builds your eyeballs and <laughs> builds your skin and, it, um, and that's you know I, I was never denied any food um, you know but we we always had very clear on the plate what was there and uh, I come from a quite sporty family and so um, my mum's brother was into bodybuilding and she went like I feed you like a bodybuilder <laughs> and that's where I grew up and I actually I despite in my childhood I did a lot of ballet I then when I came to uni I continued doing ballet and I got into bodybuilding or as I would call it body sculpture mm-hmm. which I still to this day absolutely love and uh, it's a it's a fan- fascinating sport and Eating was was always a practical aspect. I always looked at food. What can it do for me? Yes, it so sounds like that. Yeah, the timing, the how I feel. I'm more how I feel about food than necessarily how it 
taste. Mm-hmm. So um, I obviously want food that to taste nice, um, but not. But I think the the actual action it can do for me is more important. Yeah, it's really interesting that that um, when I'm running uh, some of the workshops that I run, you know, nutrition based workshops, I talk about food as a messenger. You know, it sort of communicates mm-hmm. with the body what you want the outcome to be I think that was such a revelation for me and it really opened my eyes to the fact that it isn't just about because I mean food is wonderful and it's such a pleasure and it's a great social thing to be able to sit down and enjoy food together but if it actually helps you achieve a particular outcome so it sounds like even before you know Calvin you you had Calvin you were already connected with food in a well this is what it can do for me and then perhaps with Calvin it was like well this is what the food you know, he can't have. So these are the things that aren't going to be healthy for him, but these are the things that are. So it's almost like a sort of progression, an organic progression of a mindset that was put in place earlier on. It's strange, isn't it? That Yes. So I, I always saw food as like, how can I, how can I help me have the best performance, uh, enhance my performance, optimum performance? I love the word optimum because mm. I think optimum is also different for everyone. And you know what is right for one person is not right for another and that's the same with like if you're eating for sports and as an athlete and and when Calvin was so poorly I looked at food and I and I went like he needs the absolute best food to reach optimum health because it's not just for us being allergen free and cutting out things mm-hmm. what am I putting into you that's building and strengthening you and again working very closely with nutritionists constantly looking at gut health how can we make his health stronger and we've seen amazing progress like um, when he was still quite little and he had not put on weight very well for months again and then I introduced a probiotic and wow in that month he put on a pound and it's like it's incredible you know you can really see it and with him also not really knowing what I give him. So I would say there's not a placebo mm. and there is really something working and that's kind of seeing it outside yourself and not just feeling on your own body. It's, 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 it's very um, mesmerizing and yeah. incredible and yeah, empowering again. Do you know, empowering was the word that came to mind. I think this is so true of you know what we feed ourselves, but also as parents, what we provide our children with. It is about nourishing, and you know, you're in a situation where there are certain foods that are, you know, that could be fatal if he were to consume them. So you've absolutely got to mm-hmm. avoid those. But you, at the same time, I mean, the, one of the first things you said to me was the quality of his skin, and skin mm. is such a visible external indicator of what's going on on the inside you know the health of our skin mm-hmm. our hair our nails they all show what's going on on the inside so you are clearly doing some fantastic mm-hmm. things with his health to have him at six and a half with such beautiful skin and it sounds like it will probably continue into his teenage years which is <laughs> wonderful I'm sure he'll thank you for that so we're going to take a brief um, break here but I would love to find out how the business actually came about Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da! 
The Voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. And today we are joined by Sabine, who's the CEO of Calvin's Free From Foods, inspired by her son, who has multiple food allergies, to set up a business that produced her own 14 allergen-free, yeast-free, low-carb and paleo coconut flatbread. So how did this business actually come about? We know what your inspiration was, but starting a business, (laughs) that's no mean feat. So prior to uh, Calvin's Free From Foods, I was running actually my own corporate video production company. So I was already running my own business. And, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, all I wanted was some bread for my son. That was something we could, could not find. I could not find a recipe that was right for him. So I you know, there are obviously very similar recipes out there. And I kept on stripping down, stripping down to the bare minimum of making bread because I wanted something for breakfast and also on the go because we don't eat out. We can't just go somewhere and pick up some food. So and that includes myself and daddy and sometimes also the grandparents when they come along. You know, we sometimes pack for everyone and sandwich is the best and most obvious solution and that's what I was working towards and it was a game changer for us and at the beginning you know I I often describe when we found out about Calvin's allergies it was like a car crash I felt like I'd driven against a tree and I just had to piece us back together and get us running and back on the road but whilst doing that I found that there's a lot of other people that struggle to have food to have safe food and food that works for them and I I knew how um yeah how how much it meant to us all of a sudden have bread again and finding out that there's other people out there I thought I have to do something about this and I I closed my video production and started first actually Calvin's Good Foods and maybe some people remember us we uh, um, I did my first sort of test sales at the Allergen Free Farm show down in London 2018. This is where I think uh, we met originally I think yes. yeah that's where I first tried your bread <laughs> and I was like what how is this possible how can you create something that tastes this good from those few ingredients it was absolutely mind-blowing but yes yeah, so this was 2018 you did your first show yeah and where did it go from there so we we were um we had a lovely allergen-free bakery that were making the bread by hand and at the show we were straight away sold out it it was mind-blowing and it was so nice to meet people and hear their stories and see firsthand how the difference bread makes and we started our online sales afterwards however doing it by hand it was not sustainable Mm. and it allowed me to figure out what kind of machinery and things we need and we also moved then the production up to Scotland again to an allergen-free facility. Uh, yeah, and we are actually on the move again. <laughs> Where to this time? So, uh, yeah, so uh, somewhere in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not completely uh, formalised yet, so I can't unfortunately talk about it. Uh, some people might know um, that I had to go in for an urgent operation in December. Mm-hmm. I had literally 48 hours to put my affairs in, in order including the business and it 
and I always knew that I'm the weakest link in the business. And that's with startup. That is the case of startup businesses and small businesses because I was doing everything. And the plan was for 2022 and still is to make the business stronger. So in case something happens to me that I um, that our customers are continuing getting their bread because that's where I feel the worst about it is that at the moment I cannot deliver to my customers and I know some of them really have no other choice mm. in terms of bread or don't want another choice and uh, and I know how hard it is not to have bread so that's my goal for this year to come back better and stronger and ha have better things in place so something like that won't happen again. Yeah, I can totally understand that as someone that runs their own business. It is very dependent on you. And if you're not there, it is a struggle. Now, you talked about mm -hmm. the other markets, the other people to whom uh, who buy your bread, because it is, even when I'm introducing it, I'm thinking, well, it's 14 allergen free. That's one set mm -hmm. of people. It's yeast free. That's another set of people. Could be the same. They could be overlap. Low carb, another market, and paleo, of course. So, I mean, you've realised that there are so many people that can benefit from this. I mean, mm. do you think that is something that is reflective of people's changing demands? Do you think we have more allergies? I know that's a bit of a you know wide open question. Um, but but what what are your thoughts on on this marketplace? So, uh, um, marketeers always, <laughs> they always get a headache with me because it, the bread can do and serve so many people. And that is, I, I find actually the, there's a paleo and low carb community that very strongly connects to our bread. Mm. I think if you have allergies, there is a group of people with allergies that simply want allergen free, mm -hmm. but that that's it. That That's what they're looking at. And there is obviously a group of people who have allergies and want on top more from their food, like we are, ourselves want. You know, we want our food to, to not just be allergen-free, but serve us and support us and make us feel better. And uh, But I think that there's a lot coming from the paleo community and low-carb community because these people usually are in touch with a nutritionist or a dietitian and they have a, a true reason. They maybe have chronic health conditions. Um, we have people with multiple sclerosis. We have people who have PCOS. And people who go through cancer treatment who need a very low inflammatory bread to eat. And again, to support their health journey. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is really fascinating. And I'm always feeling very, very touched. The emails and stories I get from my customers because... I, I set up as I launched in 2020 as an e-business online and you, you just think like, well, you, you're faceless and you just sell online. And no, it's not. Like people connect and people message me and share their stories. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that because that is such a driver because mm. it, running your own business is very hard and you sometimes just go like, oh. and then you know, no, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for, 
for my customers. Yeah, it's one of the things that um, certainly doing this podcast and interviewing lots of people Mm -hmm. who run their own food businesses, a trend that I have definitely noticed, and I think it's due to the pandemic and the stages that we've all gone through with this, is that if we are able to connect with the producers of our food, um, we are much, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we're going to be much more loyal to them, but people want to be able to connect with the producers of their Mm -hmm. food. And I think that connection is what, you know, is going to drive that loyalty because you find something like this and I've sort of intimated that is somebody that is a foodie also a nutritionist I haven't found Mm -hmm. a product like yours on the market I've seen things that have been um, you know sort of flatbreads and things that have been brought in from other countries but I haven't seen something like yours which actually if I can describe maybe I'll describe it you'll probably describe it better but (laughs) I think of it almost like a a pita bread and we are a we're a nation aren't we of sandwich lovers and the fact that you can Mm -hmm. actually put stuff in between the two layers and it's portable that has real appeal maybe you can describe it better than me can you describe your flatbread to the (laughs) audience if they haven't heard of it because I think you'll probably do a better job (laughs) so I like oh I I, again I googled and looked what would be the best description and the best description and that's what it says on the packaging now it's a flatbread roll Uh because it's like a flat (laughs) roll and it yes and you're totally right it's super versatile It, it can be a sandwich and a burger it's it's the right size to go into a toaster because I know some people whether slice it open or just take the whole thing and and just toast it and then put their their favorite spread on top and and but if you wanted to have it with your curry it will go very nicely and the the coconut flour and coconut oil we source we we go quite mild in taste and I personally find that it actually, if you put something savoury on, it will go with the savoury. And if you put something sweet on, it will go with the sweet. Yeah, leans, doesn't it? So leans one yeah. way or the other, depending on what you're putting on it. So on that subject, I know you've also started creating recipes with the bread, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen somewhere a pizza where you've used it as a pizza base, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. And as someone that's written an air fryer book, I need to try that. Um, and mm-hmm. what about your own favourite recipes from those that you've designed? and created already we're using the bread what would you say is your are your favorites I should have more oh or like yeah pizza because we never were before Calvin even a pizza family so it Pizza doesn't come naturally to us Mm -hmm. as a meal, but we do have pizza because it just makes a very good sort of party snack. Uh, And we quite quite like it and and it's so quick and easy to do. Mm. But what I like is, I I love oyster mushrooms. Oh, yeah. And I sort of created like a, a type of barbecue mix and I press it down in the frying pan. And I also like adding nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast goes nearly in everything uh, when I can get away with. Because, uh, again, it, it already says on, on the labels, like, nutritional. And um, and then just putting with a bit of salad on it. And it just tastes so good and also so different. Mm-hmm. And I, I quite enjoy that. And my mom and I... <laughs> My mom, while she was here, she made a fantastic recipe and I still need to put it out. So she she used the bread and butter pudding recipe that we have on our website, which is uh, vegan and um, allergen free. But she made it with apples, but she first did it in a sort of French poached the apples, French style poached the apples. And it was 
divine. <laughs> it was just so good. And it, I wanted to photograph it, but it was like eaten before. I could oh and that God. quite often happens in our house. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, don't touch it till I've photographed it. Hands off. <laughs> um, and, and, and the lights fading and uh, particularly in oh, Scotland, yes. right? You're going <laughs> to, the oh, days are shorter. Absolutely. Um, I must ask actually, so I'm, I'm for those listening, I'm going to um, try and post some links to these recipes that you're talking about because I think mm-hmm. it's really unfair of us to talk about recipes without actually linking <laughs> to them. So the the bread and butter pudding. And one thing I should say, and I should interject this here with the nutritional yeast, it's okay for those that are yeast sensitive um, to have nutritional yeast. So it's not going to cause any further problems. And obviously, mushrooms might do. So just be aware if you are on a yeast-free diet um, about that. Um, but are you only selling in the UK or do you sell beyond the UK? So at the moment, we only sell in the UK, mm-hmm. um, but we had, and again, being of German uh, background, we had quite a few requests from there, but also from the US. Yes. So, but at the moment, I just want to first focus on our customers here, mm-hmm. getting back up and running and uh, yeah, and um, the sky is the limit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it is. There's a massive, massive market out there. And I'm just thinking, you know, health professionals as well that have got clients. I mean, it'd be great for mm-hmm. the, more people to know about you and know how good this product is. Um, so if I could ask you, you've already intimated that there have been some challenges. Of course, you being, you mentioned in your own words, the weakest link in the business. But what other challenges have you faced with the business? I mean, did the pandemic cause problems for you? Uh, yes and no. So the pandemic we just had to take things slower mm-hmm. we bef- before we launched I was in talks to caterers and that all obviously did not happen because no event was happening yeah, of course. and that is still quite quite a slow corner because things are not really back up and running and also same with small shops because we were talking to small shops and a lot of small shops had to close um we are stocked in a couple of shops and but it it turned in online Mm -hmm. the main focus but we also had limitation of how we can produce and that again was that's why 2022 was so vital is we had like in the factory social distancing and just myself or just myself with another person at distance and um, I'm, I'm a quite petite person and just like you know moving around 70 kilo dough and working like a 12 hour shift and I actually I absolutely love it I think <laughs> physical I think some work. people would I love physical work I absolutely love physical work and it's also so zen that is incredible because you, I, I was there sometimes 12 hours not really being able to talk to someone and just working physically no screen no nothing I sometimes sit there I was like gosh some people would probably pay good money for having the zen experience and the wonderful smell it's like a wonderful product you know it's like you can literally put it on your skin and it's corporate away days (laughs) come and experience or red letter days (laughs) Come and experience exactly. Come, come and bake away. It's 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 a wonderful business to be in, and and I, I absolutely always loved it. And I also, again, because customers are so in touch with me and letting me know how they feel about the bread, I pack and I, you know, I packed every box myself, and like I know it's like oh that's 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 such and such and that's such and such, and it's just really nice being so connected. Despite you know we all lived the last two years and in such a screen world and yeah. so destined 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been really, really tough. But as you say, you know, if you are able to focus on delivering to your consumer directly, if they can access you online, we are in a screen world, we can get to you online, uh, at least you can serve those people. Now, you've also earned some impressive accolades since you launched this product. And no surprises there. Um, can you share with our listeners um, how well you've done? I think it's really important that small businesses acknowledge their achievements. So... I, I, oh, <laughs> I'm again. I'm flush, flush, flush. <laughs> so I, I like, oh, um, in uh, 2020, we were, uh, um, we got highly commended for Britain's best loaf, wow. and that that was the first sort of award I entered, and. Uh, I, they send a video of the judging through and it was quite funny because they were obviously loaves and then there were our flatbread rolls in the middle and highly commended it was basically second place mm-hmm. and it was my very first place I entered and I was like wow and we also in 2020 were shortlisted Food Matters Lives mm-hmm. and then 2021 it really took off we won I, I say double gold at the free from food awards Brilliant. and we we won gold for the bread category but we also won mentorship with tesco for a best uh, best product by a startup company and that was then a, a few months later we won world bread awards heroes because that um i i entered it because we were actually asked to enter. It was because we also donate regularly to food banks. There's a couple of food banks that take fresh bread. And the, the reason why I'm doing it is it's very close to my heart because I know what it feels like not being able to eat. Um, I feel, I know what it feels like walking down aisles, aisles and aisles of supermarkets and not have being able to have a single item to eat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the physical pain of being hungry mm-hmm. and for us it was due to health and for my son but just the thought of it if it's financially and you have allergies and not being able to eat that just sorry I'm totally tearing up that totally breaks yeah. my heart yeah. um, so it, it's been very important to me to donate to food banks and I never had said it until I saw that there was a real need and then I started sharing it online to encourage other food producers to donate to food banks. Uh, And the other um, big accolade we won was a Great British Entrepreneur Award for Food and Drink for Scotland and Northern Ireland in 2021. Well, they've just kept on coming, haven't uh, they, these awards? Yeah, I'd, so it, it's very nice being, uh, you know, getting recognised. <laughs> yeah, but not just for the fact that your product is so good. I, I'd like just to focus on the, the food bank element just for a moment there, and I saw you mm. get emotional, you got me going here as well, but I... Yeah. Uh, I think it's so important during the pandemic. Um, I also started creating recipes that were like, um, you know, the sort of um, delivery, uh, big brand deliveries that you get at the moment where you get a recipe card and then you get the produce. But I produce a recipe card and then they could send that out with exactly the ingredients that people could use from the food bank. Mm -hmm. And that worked really well. But it gave me exposure to a world that I hadn't had exposure to. And to your point, you know, there are so many more people that have are that are now relying on the services of food banks and there's 
no reason why people mm. wouldn't have allergies. So double whammy, if you don't have a huge income and you have food allergies, it, mm. we know that, that allergen-free products, generally they are made on a much smaller scale, they generally cost a bit more, and they are perhaps mm. then some of them beyond the reach of um, people that might not be able to afford food, let alone allergen-free food. And so it's really, really important what you've done there. So thank you very much. And I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that you shared that with us. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Another question, and I know it's a very current topic uh, due to, you know, our increased focus on the environment and um, being uh, sort of, you know, having kind of green credentials as businesses. Is there anything that you've done in that area to uh, make what you do more environmentally friendly? Hmm. That's a very good question. So at the moment, we, we have only the one product, but what yeah. we started, we offering, we're offering our customers the choice of paper bags. And, <laughs> but this is the irony of life. Uh, it had taken me very long to find the right paper bags that are also, you know, have the food safety and allergen-free and vegan and actually truly eco-friendly because, um, a lot of people are like, oh, take the one with the little window. And it's like, but, but then it has plastic again. So, I, um, and then <laughs> unfortunately, that 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 bag is no longer getting produced. So we're again hunting down, where can we find a paper bag that hits all the true um, credentials that we need and that we want. So, but it, actually the other side is, I know plastic gets very, very much demonized and of course if you can have paper have paper but plastic does have an advantage of increasing shelf life you can put it in the freezer so I'm looking at it from that perspective that we're reducing food waste because food waste is a very big thing and I can very much pride myself on that we often well we use the door till the very end so Mm. The, the scraps that end at the end, I just I, you can't run them through the machine anymore. I hand shape them, and that's the one I take home for my family. And so, oh, wow. so we have like these mis- misshapen bits, and like sometimes I make like funny things, and then Calvin goes like, "Oh, it's a shark, mummy!" Oh. And, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, like, well, most of the times it looks more like a blob, but it, so because food waste is is a big thing, and the, and if there was ever anything that could could not be recycled it would then get uh, baked off and and go to animal feed uh, because that is something the consumer doesn't see yeah. and we also also from sourcing the ingredients to have the most minimal way of getting the product to us and also making sure that those producers are green because that is where a lot of waste can happen yeah. in, in various forms. So we we want to make sure that our whole chain is is eco friendly as much as possible. There are there are unfortunately there are certain things because it's simply also regulation. Absolutely, uh, you can't say like yeah, and like like you buy yourself coconut flour in plastic bags because you can't have it in paper bags because pesticides would get in. So you just, you need to weigh up, am I wasting something or am I using something that makes it longer, but let's see how we can maybe recycle it or use it for the best. So I, I, I also hear a lot from our customers when they order the plastic bags because they're very good quality, they wash them out and they reuse them. Brilliant. 
That's excellent. Um, you know, and I think the, the your answer to that question has shown exactly how complex this issue is. It's never as clear cut as people think. I had a very similar conversation with um, a, a farmer recently who uh, serves her product in plastic. But, you know, when she looked at the glass alternative, it actually was worse for the environment because of the way in which it was going to be produced. Um, and it was really interesting because it's just not as clear cut as people think. So thank you for that. Yeah. Right. We're going to take a short break here, but I'd love to find out what your plans are for the future across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio well now for some pop music try this Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch on River Radio with me, Jenny Tushi. I'm a registered nutritionist, an author of several cookery books and an absolute foodie. Now, today we are talking to someone who produces one of the most useful products on the market. I say that because it's a 14 allergen free, yeast free, low carb and paleo coconut flatbread. Uh, welcome back, Sabine. We've been talking all about your coconut bread. It's been so popular. Um, can I ask if you do have any plans for expanding the product range? Oh, we have already we have, we have already products developed and in in the pipeline, which I'm very excited about. And I developed them together with my nutritionist. Actually, we did that during lockdown and at social distancing, like literally one stood at the window and the other one stood at the door. And <laughs> how hard um, was it? I bet. Oh, it it was hard, but at the same time. Good, good fun, and uh, yeah. So we we have we have developed a, a savory and a sweet version, which are very very yum. And so there are there are other ones coming out, and yeah. So that, they are definitely in the plans. Exciting. <laughs> and what other plans do you have for the future? I know you talked about um, twenty twenty two moving location. Is there anything else in the pipeline that uh, you haven't shared with us yet today? Oh, there are there are a few things, but unfortunately, I cannot really share them as as yet. And um, but yeah, there's definitely there stuff are. to be excited so about. So watch this space. So, yeah. so in that um, or on that subject, I mean, you've talked about lots of customers getting in touch with you. Are there any sort of areas or forums that people can communicate with a community of like-minded individuals who all love your product? Is there a, is there an online group or anything like that? That's actually how I'm usually get found. There are online groups for keto and paleo, mm-hmm. and it's usually one of them found me, mm-hmm. and then they try and they share it, and then they talk about it and they share recipes. Quite a few are on Facebook, but they're closed groups, which I find yeah. very interesting. So I never know about it, and I would never knew about it unless they tell me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very very interesting, but it gets quite wildly shared in the keto and paleo community yeah, because sure. there is there is nothing out there. I think it's especially when it comes to like keto and paleo, they usually contain some form of allergen, like like nut products with the keto community it can also contain like dairy or gluten so yeah so and people are in those groups because they have a specific need and finding the bread 
it's often a solution for them, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously with the new products coming out, there's going to, I guess, open up even further. I mean, some of the groups that I'm familiar with, obviously children with uh, allergy or parents of children with allergies, uh, parents of children with celiac disease. I mean, they're, they're all communities that probably know or at least talk about your bread but what about if people um, want to communicate with you directly you sounds like you're open to that but is that via if you could share where they can do that so I get a lot through from Instagram mm-hmm. Facebook and also via email people email me directly and at the moment on all the channels I it will be me who's replying back wow. so and do you get my reply <laughs> and is it is it calvin's free from foods is that the yeah that's the handle on twitter facebook and instagram at calvin's free from and our website is calvin's free from foods.co.uk uh, I'm, I'm not the fastest on Twitter. I think there's just so thinly you can spread yourself. Um, but I will I will reply. Um, but Facebook and Instagram, people usually get me quicker. Brilliant. And I'll make sure I tag those in this podcast uh, when I share it Thank as you. well. Um, and what about your own podcast? Tell me how this has come about. <laughs> <laughs> so again, our nutritionist, Cara Redpath, uh, her and I, we oh, Cara's been with the bread over, over five years, six, six years soon. Wow. Uh, she, was, she was there when I was desperately standing in the kitchen and one of the guinea pigs off, can you try this? <laughs> so she, she knows the, the journey this bread has been on. And it, it was also part her of saying, Sabine, this is, this is a game changer. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like this out there. And we, we've ever since worked very closely together, uh, usually speak once a week. And then during lockdown, we really missed each other. And we, we always have like long conversations about health and she, she says like, well, this is right now happening. And I said, oh, I had a customers who wrote to me about this and, you know, how can we serve people better? And, or this is our own personal issue. And, and then we think, well, we should maybe just share what we are talking about. And, um, and they became really popular. So we had, they are out on Instagram, on our Instagram channel. And there's, I think, over 40 there now, um, and they're quite bite-sized. Cara and I, we more thought like, well, when people have a cup of tea at lunchtime and they want for 10, 15 minutes, have a, have a knowledge bomb. Brilliant. <laughs> here, they go, here they go, nuggets. And what we find, we're, we're not obviously advising anybody. We are sharing, we're sharing experience. And I think what people often take from it, how they go like, oh, I've been having these symptoms. Maybe I should get this checked or... It, it more sort of triggers something to look into it or they've been on a pathway and they just did not know what's wrong. So I had, and I'm to this day so grateful for the Facebook groups I joined when Calvin first had the allergies. Um, and it was through one of my video suppliers, um, not actually customer suppliers, um, he said, like, oh, my, my wife is for our allergy child in this Facebook group and she messaged it to me and I joined the group and I learned so much over the group and then Calvin had one weird thing for which we had probably the ambulance out the most time was FPIs 
And a, a lot of people don't know about FPIs. And it was us who ended up telling the doctors FPIs comes from the gut. So it's not a rash. It's not anaphylactic where your airways swell through. It is actually throwing up until you go into shock. Wow. And Calvin, again, Calvin was very, very little back then. And he just kept on throwing up, throwing up till they almost went blue and we had the ambulance out a few times for that and that is incredibly scary but I was so grateful finding out about FPIs through the social media and I'm not saying like use social media as your doctor no we took the information and took that to the doctor and said like listen Calvin is having this and that I read about FPIs is that a possibility mm-hmm. And then it was confirmed then. Yeah. So, and I hope that's how people are using it. Talk to your specialist. Yeah. Uh, and but you make can't, it right for yourself. Yeah, you can't talk to the specialist if you don't know what you need to talk about. So actually listening mm. into things like your podcast will help people. And I think what I love about this is the fact <laughs> that people have obviously found you because they've tried your product and they feel better on it or their child is better on it. But through your product, they're now being educated uh, because you've produced these podcasts. So like you said, they're just, what, 15 minutes or so in length. So they're bite sized, so really easy to connect with. And people listen to them via Instagram. Is that correct? So via at Calvin's Free From Foods. Yes, there are also uh, on on our website are some uh, and on Instagram. So you can find it on both on, on the video section on our website excellent okay brilliant well we're coming towards the end of the hour now but can i just ask if there's anything else that you feel our listeners should know before we move to our quick fire questions i think there are there there can what i see out especially out on instagram there there can be sometimes people are very have a very strong opinion what is the right diet for someone Mm -hmm and what they should have and what they shouldn't have. And I think definitely like a big node, like process and junk food, but if it comes to actual food items, if you should have potatoes if or if you should have uh, watermelon or if it, it's kind of, I think there is not a clear cut right and wrong. And I would never judge on what people are eating. It is, it needs to be right for them, right for their body, right for their health and right for their requirements what they need and what they want to have out of their body and i think we i'm i'm non-judgmental about people what people eat and i and i hope people feel the same about us and our bread because we have our limitations and what we can eat but we know what is right for us personally and i would never oppose that on someone I love that. I absolutely love that. I think you're absolutely, I think when you have a product that is, you know, so genuinely brilliant for different markets, people might think you subscribe to only one way and it has to be this way. But actually what you're saying is you produce this fantastic product because you had a, a need and there was a, a definitely a gap in the market. But actually, you know, you're very open to anybody eating it within any context. And that's the result of, you know, an open-minded a food producer, which is wonderful. Um, right, on to our quick fire questions. Uh, what would be your, your last meal on earth, your death row meal, as we call it? <laughs> I oh I'm such a simple person. Um, I I use uh, seriously. I used to always say it would be um, a, a big potato with quark, which is mm-hmm. a, a, I know quark. a German kind of uh, dairy thing. Um, 
it, yeah, I think that would these days make me feel really unwell. Of course. I, yeah, I think just a, a really good sandwich. I think would be a, a grilled grilled sandwich or something. I think yeah, that would be nice. quite nice. On, on a coconut flatbread, partial. <laughs> on a coconut, I, I don't want it. Yeah, definitely on a coconut flatbread. <laughs> if you were to invite four people to a fantasy dinner party, who would they be and why? Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, some people might laugh about this. I, definitely Oscar Wilde. I'm a huge Oscar yes. Wilde fan. Uh, and then the next one, you, you, everyone is totally allowed to to laugh, and I have no shame in this. I, I'm a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. I would definitely invite Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wow, what connection already. He's very funny. I have met him personally. He's, um, he's a very, very nice person, and he, yeah, I definitely would take him out for dinner. Uh, <laughs> Is that from your body sculpting days that you met him? It is from my body sculpting days. And he is, uh, you know, like he has this, in Germany, the uh, actors get dubbed. And he had the same voiceover artist uh, who did also Roger Moore for James Bond. So he had a very good voice in German. And uh, he won Best Actor at the MTV Awards in Germany. So, (laughs) but what I... Um, what I like about him is that he, um, again, this like dedication to your health and your body and also coming around uh, uh, challenges. So mm. like it's not being a smooth path. So definitely him. He would be definitely interesting. And oh, I have two more. Yes, the other two more. Um, uh, also two passed away people. One would be Anna Pavlova, mm-hmm. the, the fantastic ballerina. If she can't make it, uh, I would take uh, Sylvie Guillem, okay. who is still alive, uh, who is also a ballerina. And then I would also have Charlie Chaplin. Oh, wow. Table. What a great combination. So, I can yeah, imagine. I think we would have good chats. Yeah, I was going to say, I can imagine some good chats. Who's your favourite chef? Oh, I don't have a favorite chef. I looked at that. I, mm. um, I think, I think probably my husband. My husband, he is. He's much better in the kitchen than I am. That's a great answer. <laughs> and what about? I mean, I, the, the guess this is irrelevant. You don't, don't eat at restaurants, so you don't have a favorite restaurant. No, I don't have a favorite restaurant. Uh, we do like we do like sushi. So mm. we will, um, so probably in Edinburgh, yes, sushi. That is definitely good, good idea. Because again, you you know what's on your plate. It's very nice. Yeah, you know what's on your plate. You know what? There's a few things that you said today that have absolutely. I mean, a lot that's connected with me. But I'm still loving this. The more you spend on food, the less you spend on healthcare. <laughs> I think your mother is a very very wise lady. Um, thank you so much, Sabine, CEO of Calvin's Free From Foods. It's been an absolutely wonderful journey with you today to understand more about the inspiration behind your coconut flatbreads. And um, if people want to register their interest because obviously at the moment you can't buy um the coconut flatbreads but where would they do that ah i would love if they could sign up to my mailing list okay. um, which you can find on our website calvin's free from food uk or simply follow us on social media i will share as soon as i can and no more and have details and with our mailing list i 
I only send out interesting things you won't get like every day or not even every week uh, a mail. It's it's really just what I think would interest people who have signed up to the mailing list. Wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, I'm just going to uh, play us out, um, but I will be posting this uh, via all of the normal um, accessible podcasts. So I'll be posting it on Spotify, on Apple, Google, etc., etc., And I will uh, make sure I tag you too. Take care. Thank you very very much. much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Across the